When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's Tripe Supper. Uh, we are without Jonathan Taylor this week, who's dead to take a day off. Uh, so it's me, Phil Tallentire and Anthony Vickers. We're going to look back on the defeat at Rotherham, look ahead to the game at Charlton and discuss the mood around Borough, Daniel Ayala and whatnot as well uh, with his ongoing injury problems. So we'll start, we'll start with Rotherham, obviously a defeat in, in the most frustrating of circumstances. Phil, first of all, it was a game that, that Borough should have had wrapped up, shouldn't it, long before the sucker punch came? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're not the first person to say that Borough created enough chances in that match to win it within the first half hour. Um, I don't think it was quite the five or six golden chances that his, uh, that, that, that we're now being led to believe. I think you can break it down to the two Nugent chances, the, particularly when he was through on goal. Uh, and um, when Gaston Ramirez hit the post with that fantastic free kick. He was excellent one yeah. in the first half. And, and other than that, I mean, it was it was a typical attritional championship game. Um and of course, if you don't kill a team off like that, they can come and come. It can come back to haunt you, can't it? And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it really should have been a draw. If Borough weren't going to win it in the first half hour, it was crucial to get through and and, and take the point and move on. And I think it just felt like a real sucker punch that late goal, didn't it? Particularly the way it happened. Um, Borough don't normally concede that type type of goal. I was going to say that because there was. It's funny because there was an inevitable feel of the sucker punch come, but then equally. Rotherham hadn't had a shot on target. They never looked like scoring, did they? Yeah, and Borough had... There was a flurry of, of chances blocked in the box as yeah. well in the, in the in stoppage time, so you know, arguably Borough could still have clawed a draw out of it. It felt like a bit like uh, Bristol, and obviously basement battlers, mm. Borough flying, high stakes, uh, dominating for long spells. I mean, he's got typical Borough written all over it. <laughs> Plus the Neil Warnock factor. Yeah. Uh, he has been Borough's arch nemesis for three decades now and if anyone knows how to get a result in this division it's him uh, possibly that's a question of inexperience possibly with ten minutes to go or uh, Borough maybe should have accepted the point banked it and saw the game out uh, you can't blame them for, for pushing forward and, and Borough got caught with eight men in the, the opposition half it happens. I mean, obviously, it's a massive setback, a kick in the teeth. But, I mean, we should really have some perspective about it. You know, ten games to go, Borough a second. They're actually briefly uh, top of the table at half-time. That's how close it is at the top. It's still very, very tight. It's still in Borough's hands. I, I, I can't buy into the narrative that it's a huge catastrophe that shows the team a bottle in it. Uh, I, they gave it a good crack. I mean, these things happen in football, and sometimes you have to accept that, you know, learn the lesson, move on. There is a there is a crossover thing in the minute, isn't there, between between those who who rightly argue that you know after twenty five games or twenty four games in Borough's uh, case, there were ten points ahead Burnley, suddenly the four points behind. How's that happened? And and you do think, how the hell's it got the point where Burnley have got that gap? Then equally, there are those like you've said there, who, you know, still second, got Hull to play at home. If you win that, it's in your I mean, hands. It, it is. You it, can see both sides, can't a, you? A string of teams have been at the top and done exactly the same. I mean, mm-hmm. when when Borough lost to Hull, uh, the, the 
consensus then was that Hull were head and shoulders above everyone in the division mm. and were going to walk it. And they went on to a, a bit of a nosedive. Similarly, Brighton. We went to Brighton. They were unbeaten uh, table toppers. Uh, and they looked like they might start to pull away. And again, they went on their wobble and slipped out of the top six. So it is something that happens. We shouldn't be totally surprised by it because this is a absolutely ruthless division. And if you drop by two, three, four percent, you know, over a sustained period, you're going to pay the price for it. I think. So, I think yeah. I think the reason for the angst is the fact that it's no secret this is the season yeah. that everyone's targeted. Mm. This is the season where. The chairman's targeted it. He doesn't want. He doesn't want the playoffs. He, he said. He said after the playoff final last season, let's not go through this again. Let's get up automatically. If you asked Ikaranka privately, he'd say, "I want the top two finish. I don't want the playoffs Absolutely. either." Now, if he ends up going going up via Wembley, we'll still take that. But, yeah, yeah. And so the reason why there's the angst is that because the playoffs are a, a lottery, um, and Borough have gone from a position in January where they were, I think it was six points clear with a game in hand before Bristol City, and indeed after Bristol City for that matter, even though they lost there, to a point where now they're kind of one of four, potentially five teams scrapping for a top two finish. And I think most people would argue, and I, I would certainly argue that Borough probably got the best score in the division. And I think we'd all kind of hoped and maybe expected Borough to open up beyond that gap so instead of falling back into the pack be running clear by now now does that rarely happens in this division to be fair it's not very often you get a team in February March who are 10-15 points clear but nonetheless I think for Burr to be dragged back in the pack gives everything a level, an extra level of worry um, nervousness um, it probably does start to get to the players a little bit because it's nothing worse than winning a couple of games and losing one and then you're back in you, you, you can't get any momentum going and I think that's why I think it's yeah, key yeah. And, and I think I think it's the thing why this week coming up is crucial is that a game against which we'll touch on in a minute is Charlton which is massive in terms of the fact you just have to win that yeah. game and also then Hull lose to Hull and going into the international break on the back of that what would be a very bad sequence wouldn't be the ideal scenario. The anxiety it comes from two things, I think. Firstly, is the high stakes. And it's felt like every single game this season, we've said, this is the biggest game so far. <laughs> There's been no let-up now for about three or four months. And when you keep on tightening the screw like that, it is going to get to people. The pressure is getting to people. Not just the players, not just the manager, but it's getting to everyone around Teesside. People who don't even go to the matches are anxious. You know, yeah. th th there is that anxiety because of the, the stakes and the fact that every game now, it's a little turn of the screw. Yeah. And there's also an anxiety that comes from last season's failure. Yeah. So you have a fear of, of that being repeated. Now, it's a different team, a different division, a different set of dynamics... There's no logic to suggest that that is going to automatically be repeat from last year. But you can't stop people being scared of it. No, no, I, so every, that's just natural. Every yeah. time there's a setback now, which would be a normal setback within, within the, you know, the, the fixtures. I mean, you lose games, it's not, not the end of the world. But as soon as there's a setback, those fears come, come gush into the fore. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it's fair. I, think, I do think it's fair and that people use stats to make all sorts of points. You know, we could easily say Burr have won three of the last five. Um, the reality is they've won three of the last ten. It's the exact point I was going to make. And, I, and I, think, I think ten is a good sample size because, you know, prior to that, they've been on a fantastic run. So, so if, if you're going to take the plaudits when things are going well, you've got to accept that there's going to be some criticism when they're not going well. And, and ten games... 
I think I'm right in saying that each of Borough's opponents, when they played them over the past ten games, have been in the bottom half of the table. I'd have to double-check that, but I think I'm right on that. Either the middle of the table or bottom of the table. You'd expect Borough, a team with Borough's players and Borough's quality, to get more than three wins out of those games. And I think that's another reason why people are frustrated... I don't think I don't I think fans are realistic. I don't think they expect to win every single game. I, I, you'd have to be a complete form fingered rara. I think we're going to win every match. But nonetheless, a team of Borough's quality and what you'd have to say now, eighteen months of hardened Championship experience as a group of players, I think should be doing better than that. So I, I get that. There's still, as Vic says, loads of time to go. Um, it, it is critical to, to get a couple of good results in the bag to take, for me to take into the international break and then start again um, in March, April and, and, and just let's get this thing put to bed. But, um, I, I mean, I think I, I think Burrow will be comfortable against Charlton. I'd, I'd be ama- I mean, I really would be worried if Burrow didn't get a result against Charlton because I think everything points to that. They're a bit of a shambles off the field and that must be transferring itself on the pitch. And then Hull is a fantastic cup final in some respects. Could be a great game, great occasion, bump a crowd, live on the box, Friday night. I think Borough normally do well in those games. Yeah, I, agree. I, I I really do fancy Borough to do well against Hull. Um, I don't, that's not what they put the kibosh on them. It's, I, they, they have got a good record. Think of Brentford last season in the playoff fi- semi-final. Those kind of occasions, Borough can deliver. So um, it's not all doom and gloom, but I do understand fans because... It is alarming, isn't it, 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 when you look at yeah, that? Yeah, well, the, pro- the problem is, and we, we all do it, if, if football supporters, we're all, we're all hardwired to the fact that if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And if Borough, genuinely, if Borough don't do it this season, and that, that sounds really negative if, but if they don't do it this season, it's kind of, where does that leave the club? Mm. Because financially, they've been, Steve Gibson's invested so much. You've got players who probably don't want to stay for another campaign in the Championship. Will I talk Karanka fancy another Championship? Will he get another campaign in the Championship? There's so many questions. Now, I don't think it'll come to that person. I've said all along I think Burrow will go up this season. I stick by that. But I understand why people think, you know, it's only natural to think, well, what might happen if we don't? You know, and, and, and that's where I think people are worried because they think, if, if it doesn't happen this season, we may be back, back to another post-Strachan era. That contributes to that angst you were talking about, doesn't it? There. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead to the Charlton game, Karanka, as he, as he always does, has kind of said he expects a, uh, another really difficult game. and He's talked about the intensity and whatnot. Now, you do get that against teams at the bottom, but there's no way they'll provide the intensity and, and, and basically as much of a tough test as Rotherham did the other night, will it? They, they won't. Uh, Rotherham we played on the back of them having two wins and being galvanised by uh, Neil Warnock so possibly you can argue that wasn't the best time to play them Charlton already looked dead and buried if we're being brutally honest about it and it's a club that's fractured uh, the fans are at, at war with the board uh, you never know from one week to the next who's going to be in the dugout the team looked demoralised uh, Borough have got to go there and punish them. We've got to, you know, we've got to make their misery absolutely complete, and there's no two ways about it. I was going to say we we mentioned earlier, Phil. I think they've got to win it, and I think they've got to win well. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and I do feel for Char. I like Charlton as a club. I think they're a proper club. It's, in many ways, their history isn't massively dissimilar to Borough's in terms of the 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 values had a great fan base, but never really transferred that into trophies over the years. Um, I, I I just think, as we said before. 
it all points to a Borough win, doesn't it? And I, we always hate to tempt fate, but Vic's completely right. Rotherham were a different kettle of fish completely. I think, you know, that isn't a club, that isn't a club where everything's broken behind the scenes, Rotherham. They've got a new sta- newish stadium. They're not a big fan base, but, but it's a loyal fan base. They're a proper club, as we describe it, from an area not unlike our own. Um, Charlton... It seems that the, the chairman's got all sorts of plans and schemes. He's bringing managers in from all over the place, from Belgium, either the manager, either the, who's picking the team. It, it just looks a complete mess from the outside. And when you go and play a team when, there's, when there are protests outside the stadium, like there was Leeds, like, like there will be on, on Sunday, you just kind of think, well, if not today, when are we going to beat Charlton yeah. at the Valley? Daniel Ayala, um, moving on to that note. Now, I guess... We don't imagine he'll be back on Sunday for the game against Charlton or, or the game against Hull, from what I talk Karanka was saying in his, his press conference yesterday. Uh, Karanka, for the first time, kind of disclosed that bit more information, didn't he, about Ayala, basically saying that it's down to him when he comes back. Um, what's your reading in the situation, Vic? Well, I think it must be very frustrating for the manager knowing that they've, one of your, your key players is out and the medical staff can't find any obvious physical symptoms and it's been scanned they've had specialists look at it there's nothing obvious on the scans but you know people know their own body and if a player says that he feels pain I think there's a there's a risk if you try to put them on the pitch because we've seen before you know Kevin Thompson insisted that he was injured um, and Borough played him and he had a broken leg Uh, ditto uh, Markham Christie so sometimes you have to trust players and it will be very frustrating, and there's be a standoff, and I'm sure they're putting a lot of pressure on him. Uh, it may be a case of, you know, they might, you know, we know that on occasion players get asked to take an injection to play and play through the pain. But if there's a danger of compounding an injury, I do kind of think there's a health and safety and, and responsibility to your employees factor floating around, no matter what the pressing demand is to get a player out on the pitch. So I, it's a it's an awkward situation, and I think it must be very, frustra- very frustrating for the manager, which is why he's made it public. I was going to say, Phil, what, what was your take on the fact that Karanka did that then? Do you think it comes... I mean, Jurgen Klopp did a similar thing with Daniel Sturridge, mm. didn't he, a month or so ago, and since then Sturridge has been back in the team, and, and kind of he came out and said that that's you know, the people who were questioning whether he wants to play, the, you know, that's the, the biggest insult you can get. Now, we're not for one minute saying that about Ayala, but what, what's your take on... On Karanka's wording yesterday, I, I think. think just like Vicky, frust- I'm sure he's frustrated because Ayala's such a good player. Um, he's been over the past year or so one of Borough's best players week in week out, hasn't he? To the point where we've all tipped him for the Premier League with with Borough or without Borough. Um, I don't think you can force a player to play if his if his mind's not right. There's absolutely no point in putting him on the pitch anyway because you know you you need players on the pitch who feel 100% ready. Um, Mentally ready, physically ready, attuned to the battle ahead. Um, it's a it's a it's a no win situation for anybody, quite frankly. I'm sure it's I'm sure the players massively frustrated. I'm sure the club are massively frustrated. It's come at a bad time, hasn't it? Taking the taking the people, taking the personnel out of it. You don't want to sit. You know, Borough's team is based on a fantastic defence, and um, and it's still by no means a bad defence. But they have got in the habit of conceding 
what you describe as the kind of goals they don't normally concede in recent weeks. And for a team that doesn't score many goals, that, that is critical. You think of the goals they conceded at Blackburn, the long hoof down the pitch, uh, which was flicked on, wasn't it? And uh, I think it was Danny Graham's goal, wasn't mm. it? And you also think of the goal against Rotherham. You know, I mean, Dale Fry's been terrific, absolutely terrific. I wouldn't for one minute point a finger at him, but... Um, you know, they're, they're the kind of goals that Borough didn't concede. Yeah, I'm sure that it's not a coincidence that, that the wobble that Borough had has come when what had been a rigid, pretty much predictable back four has been broken up through injury. I mean, it's not just Ayala because we've had uh, Ben Gibson's been out and George Friend's been out as well. So there's that, that disruption there. In the back of Danny Ayala's mind, he might be thinking, well, I had an injury last year and he was out for four games. He came back against Blackpool and then he did it again and he was out for six weeks. So he may be thinking safety first. Mm. And I'm sure that over the last three or four weeks, the club have probably been thinking safety first as well. You know, you want him right. But as the games get bigger and the pressure grows, and you know, we've talked about the pressure, everyone's under pressure now, you want your best players on the pitch. Mm. And that's sometimes when you're tempted to cut corners. That's what it comes down to, doesn't it? I think it's that kind of pressure coming in from the outskirts. But, but you've hit the nail on the head there with, with I guess, the player. No one knows the body better than you, yourself, do they? So you've got to trust with that. Thomas Callas and Dale Fry have kind of both been in and out. Callas was in at the weekend, then Fry came in. But, like, both have done well, haven't yeah. they? Borough haven't. But, but, like you say, Phil, you, you're bound to miss a player like that. Well, Danny Ayala is one of your first names on the team sheet when he's available. You know, I'm a big fan of his, I think. Uh, likewise, Ben Gibson's a terrific player. He's only going to get better. <coughs> Dale Fry. It might be an argument um, to play Richie Delatte at centre half. You know, centre half. Give him a go against Charlton, who you think wouldn't be anywhere near as uh, dangerous as, as Hull. See how it goes against. You know, if if he wants to make that change, if he thinks right, Dale Fry's had a few games. He's been brilliant, but he's eighteen. He needs to be taken out of it for a couple of weeks. It might be they put Delatte in there. George Friend on the left. Um, Remind me right side and, and Sue on the right, and of course Ben Gibson in the middle. Again, that's a change to the personnel, isn't it? As Vic says, it, it's constantly been. You know, most people really like the idea that your back four stays more or less the same, if possible, with the exception of an interchangeable part here and there when required. So the the constant constant changing at the back is is a little bit of a concern. Um, maybe just go back to Callas. Um, but it's not ideal, that's for sure, because, um, I mean, I think it doesn't matter who plays against Charlton. If Borough play anywhere like, they'll yeah. win. Yeah. But but against Hull, a team like Hull, if you've got a weakness, they are capable of finding out. Yeah, you talk about constantly changing, moving further forward, and, and, and you know, Downing's been out the last couple of games, uh, Stuani's been back in on the right, Rhodes and Nugent have interchanged up top. Um, does Karanka know his best front four yet do you think I know Vic you argue that, that he doesn't have one because he changed to suit each I game he, I, I do think that I think he puts whatever skill set he needs on the pitch and that might upset some people but that, that's his approach isn't you know, no point moaning about it that's what he does uh, I think in the last three or four games we've seen flashes of really really good football I thought you know the display against Cardiff was, was great we were all gushing about Gaston Ramirez against Wolves he looks like a real player mm. And uh, Albert's been taken out of the game and after Burner's fitted and put back on the pitch and he's been fantastic. There's been flashes there of really good attacking football. And if we can get sustained spells like that in games, and you know, you're a fraction away sometimes from scoring three and four goals. 
and that's what can hurt teams and that'll take the pressure off the, the back line as well if, if we can get it clicking up front and whichever four or five players he puts on the pitch should have the quality to do that in this division Stuani's been the one who's kept down and out for the last couple of games now I like Stuani but, but I've always made the point that I don't think he's a right sided player and he's been ineffective, hasn't he? Yeah. he? He hasn't had an impact on games like he'd have hoped. We spoke about this, didn't we, going down the press conference. I, I think we need more from him. I don't think he's been quite the player. We get flashes, don't get me wrong. He does some good stuff and he makes some contributions, but he's capable of much more than we're getting at the moment. I, think, I, I, see, I know Vic's got his view on the attacking three and I've got my view on it personally. I think that he still can't... I think he's still searching for the right blend. That's not to say he won't change it from time to time. Obviously, he's, he's left Stewart down and out because he clearly thinks that Stewart's not doing enough on the left or wherever he wants to play him on the right. Adorm has been a lot better. I think the disappointing thing for me was that we saw signs against Cardiff and Fulham that that unit was working again. It was clicking back into top gear. Borough were creating a lot of chances, and that's something they don't very often do. Even when they're at the best, they don't tend to test the opposition keeper too many times. I thought against Cardiff and Fulham, Borough were excellent in that area and looked as though they had four or five goals in them in each match. Now, since then, I thought Blackburn, it didn't gel. Blackburn was um, Rotherham, it didn't gel, um, particularly after Warnock made his tactical switch. And I think against Wolves, quite frankly, they were very limited. And I think it would be amazing if Borough couldn't look good against Wolves at the moment. They're, they're bang out of form in terms of confidence. So that is still the problem. For me, it's pretty much been the problem area all season. Because as good as Ramirez has been, and, and I thought he was brilliant, he was the best player on the park on uh, on uh, on Tuesday night. And I'd seen Richie Smallwood put an Instagram afterwards that he he was glad he was glad to see the back of, of Gaston Ramirez come the end of the game. Um, Warnock changed his suit, stuck Halford on him, and and Ramirez went quiet. Borough went quiet. That shouldn't be the case, should it? With the, with the players Borough have, even if if a team does a job on Ramirez like they were doing on Downing before the transfer window, and, and obviously there was a change around. There's still enough quality elsewhere, isn't there? But they shouldn't be relying should be, on yeah. one man. If, if you're doubling up on one man, that should be spaced somewhere else. And what we've seen in, in recent weeks is that you know Albert Adone has been the one that's exploited that extra space. And uh, I mean, they are creating chances. I mean, how many, how many missed sitters have we had in the last three or four games? Mm. So it, you can't say that it's not working in terms of doing the job and finding space in and around the penalty area and actually carving open opportunities that that is happening and I, I don't know I mean what what can you do if the guy up front pokes an inch wide or scoops his one-on-one over you, well, that's, the elephant th- that's the room, not a ta- that's not a tactical problem is it that's, the, well, that's a technical yeah. problem by an individual not a tactical problem well, that, well that's the thing isn't it even when Borough play badly they are normally created we think of Bristol City when Kike missed that chance yeah. you can go back through all Borough's defeats I mean, you're always going to get an opportunity to score the, the frustrating thing has been the number of chances that have gone begging one thinks of um, about the last match even at Hull there was the Nugent chance yeah. wasn't yeah. there yeah. yeah I mean that's the elephant in the room I, I do think he can't continue to rotate Nugent and, and Rhodes. He has to decide who's the best bet moving forward because I just don't think strikers work that way. I, I, I could be wrong. If anyone come up with an example of where you've, where you've pretty much changed the striker match by match for a consistent length of time where it's worked, I'll happily take that, happily take that on the chin. I think strikers need a run. I, th- I don't think Fulham would rotate Ross McCormack. I know they left Dembele out against Burrell. I don't think... Um, Burnley would consider resting Andre Gray if he had a quiet 50-60 minutes. I think 
I think there's a time comes when you've just got to you know stick with one of those strikers and maybe you know I know Bernie said in the Gazette, um, you know tell Rhodes he's the man for the rest of the season, put an arm around him, bully him up, gee him up. You know if you play, you know if you play Jordan Rhodes for forty games a season, he'll get you twenty goals. That is the rationale, and mm. it's hard to disagree with that because as Vic's just said, he will continue to get chances. Now I also see the side of the argument that says, well David Nugent's unlucky because when he wasn't in the team, Jordan Rhodes was missing a few chances, so. You know, it's it. You're gonna have, both strikers will miss. Every striker in the world misses chances, and every striker in the world goes through a hot spell and a cold spell. So, I don't think it's helping that you know every player is different, and John Rhodes adds different things to the team than David Nugent and vice versa. So, that ultimately is that. But but I talk about they could quite capably go along and continue rotating them and and, and insist. Probably rightly that he'll still get enough results to get better up. Because so. well, 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 buying your point about Nugent there, but then equally, how many goals has Nugent scored this year? Six or seven? That's not. It's not enough, really, is it? He should be getting more, and he has had his chance, hasn't he? So he, he, I, can, I do buy into that argument of there's ten games, Rhodes. You're going to get him from the off. Well, I, I like Rhodes. When he arrived here, we were told he scores goals and he doesn't do anything else, and he can't play one up front. But that's not what I've seen. No, no, no. I've no. seen a player that's really lively. Uh, there's a lot of really intelligent movement in and around the box. He links up well. He, he'll battle for the ball. Uh, he's got a, a turn of pace on him. He terrifies defences. He carves open space. To me, that's uh, that's a perfectly adequate player in, in, in this system. Uh, he must be kicking himself as to how he hasn't scored. Some of the chances he's had. Uh, maybe he's trying too hard. I mean, is that a thing? Is that is that a real thing? Is I mean, he trying too well, hard? I mean, I think I think the thing is, you could argue about any strikers. The most prolific strikers are lucky if they score one goal every two, every other game. So, by a process of mathematics, you're going to miss. You're going to have a game where you don't score. So, you can't continue to drop a striker every time he does. Every score. time he doesn't score because he'll never score. If that's mm. the case, because you know it's just you know no striker scores in every match. You know, unless you're Ronaldo playing for Real Madrid or Messi, nobody scores in every match. So, and I know Aitor looking for more than just goals. He's looking for movement. He's looking for. But I, th- I agree with Vic. I think Rhodes has played well when he's been on the pitch. And I, I think do. I think Nugent's played well. Yeah. When I thought Nugent was excellent at Blackburn in terms of his work rate and his and his commitment to the team. So, I'm not quite sure why. Other than the fact that the, the other guy scored the last time he played, what the rationale is, I told, I'm sure would explain that he, in the week on the training ground, one player looked better than the other, or gave something that, or, or maybe he just thinks one player is better against, for example, Leeds. I can see the logic of playing Nugent at Rotherham because they expected a real grind, and maybe he thinks that because he drops slightly deeper, you know, it, it, it's more rigid. And uh, maybe he thinks he's more physical, and he's played like that for Borough for most of the season. So I can see the logic of doing it, but personally, I, I mean, I, I think Rhodes does a very good job, and he does it ten yards further up the pitch. Mm. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't like. I'm just. I'm trying to put yourself in the shoes or the boots of the of a player, and I know even just to play in a school level, it was an awful thought when you thought that. If you didn't score in a game, you're you out. wouldn't play the next game. Now, I, I can imagine if you're Jordan Rhodes and you're playing against Charlton on Sunday and you start, and it's 60 minutes in, 
and you've, you've, you've one's hit the post and you've gone close with a couple and you're presented with a chance, surely it's in the back of your mind that, blimey, if I don't take this chance... I'm out of the biggest game I'm out of the, the biggest game of the season. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but you can imagine that being the case, can't you? Because you know that if he doesn't take that chance, he probably won't be in the team the next time round. We've been chuntering for more than 27 minutes, which I think is entering PB yeah. territory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, fellas. Let's hope for three points on Sunday. Okay, cheers. cheers.